What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? How's everyone doing tonight? Uh, this is your boy, Alvin, and welcome to another episode of He Said, He Said, He Said, a look at the world from a seasoned Black man's perspective. It is Friday, April the 8th, and I hope everyone has had a great week. Uh, myself, it has been another week. I, I don't know what to say uh, about these weeks that I mean, one day you, it, it, it's a Friday and then you turn around and the next moment it's another Friday. They just go by so fast. But I hope everyone's doing well. And thank you for joining us again tonight on another show. Uh, we are excited about this show, ladies and gentlemen, because I have been trying to get our special guest on this show for quite some time. I, I've known about um, his book. Um, he's the author of a children's book called I Respect Difference. And the words that I use to describe this book before we talk with you all tonight is absorbing, inspiring, stimulating, engaging, and thought-provoking. And Vash and I have prepared some questions tonight uh, for him that we know if we feel this way, you all feel, are feeling this way too, and, and you want to know. Um, well, he's here, and he's going to talk about his new book, and we are so glad to have him on the show, ladies and gentlemen, author uh, Art, um, Dr. Art Fields, ladies and gentlemen. So um, I'm not even going to delay this. I, I need to get my co-host out here because we've been talking about this book all week, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the He Says stage, Mr. Bosch Bodie, please. Hey, man. Hey, Alvin. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's always good to see you on a Friday. Likewise. Last yes, week, we were sporting the t-shirts, and I guess we got the blue memo, too, this week. Is that it? Look, and for those of you, yeah, look, we're color coordinated. Look, I guess great minds think alike. I, I have to say that, and especially after this week, um, like I said in, in the intro, we, when we got this book, we had no idea how much it was going to change our conversation about what we read. So, uh, it, can you agree? I, definitely, definitely. It, 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 like once I read it, I was like, okay, we have to talk right now. <laughs> we have to talk right now. Because <laughs> I've got some things that we have to talk about right now. Uh, which is good. Like, you know, how often, well, I guess it happens every time we have an author on. Yeah. That, you know, their works are so fantastic that it does make us talk. But this one in particular, and once we get into the discussion, I think people will realize uh, why. Because it really is topical and important. And most important, it is now. It is now. That's it where is, we are. It is. It is now. And anyway, we're going to get to we're, 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 we're going to get to art because if I keep talking, I'm going to talk about him, and we're just going to start without talking about what's going on in this crazy world. Can we take a moment and give a huge round of applause and honor Kentanji Brown Jackson, ladies and gentlemen? Um, she was nominated to the Supreme Court. Uh, uh, Justice, 232 years that this, uh, with the Supreme Court Justice has been in effect, and there's never been a Black woman on uh, on the panel. And so, yeah. wow. Incredible. Congratulations, yeah. not only to her, but to all of us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To all of us. That perspective, her perspective, her experience, um, and her approach is absolutely necessary and something that we definitely need. I am so looking forward to seeing and hearing what happens now that she's on the court. 
Yeah, you know, I was hoping, and and believe it or not, I'm going to be honest with you. I have today, when I was listening to her speak, and you know, I know it wasn't enough time, but I, I just it, at that moment, I just wish that I knew a female judge or female lawyer that I could call to say, mm-hmm. please, can you come on the show tonight? I want to know what this means to you as a black woman having this happen in front of you today. What what did that mean? And so. I, I just couldn't. I wanted to call someone and I, again, didn't have I time. wish you had let me know because I know many uh, Black female attorneys. As a matter of fact, one female attorney that I know uh, is the reason why I know our vice president because she was not only at the bridal shower that I threw for my friend, Kelly Dearman. Mm-hmm. Hi, Kelly Dearman, because I know you and your nephew watch the show. Um, you know, uh, she would have definitely had some things to say. Well, you know what? It is never too late because she will be there for a lifetime and we will always have some things to say. And okay. the next time she gives an, uh, you know, a brief or as a, a review that she gives, it'll be lovely to have someone come on and, and give sort of a counterpoint to that. So we can work that out. Thank you. I, I definitely would like that. Hey, Rose, thank you for joining us again tonight. Um, hey, we're so glad that, that, that you're here. Um, also, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I, I got to bring it up. Um, the Academy finally made a decision on yes. what they're going to do with, with, with Will Smith. Yeah. And they're banning him for, from, for 10 years from the Academy and, and, and all of the awards events and the, the publicity, uh, uh, what do you call it? Engagements and even virtually he has been removed. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do, do you think that the other award ceremonies are going to follow suit? Because technically he's a musician. Uh, the Golden Globes are not connected to the Academy Awards. Um, you know, do you think the Grammys and perhaps the Golden Globes might ban him as well? Well, here are a couple, I, you know, here are a couple of things that I say that will be, will be used to set a precedence from here on in. So they have to. They, 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 they will use him. But if he was to be removed from all of those other types of awards for his mm-hmm. work. Yeah. That would not be fair. That mm-hmm. incident didn't, didn't happen there. Mm-hmm. And so um, my thing is for him making movies um, and not being able to be, I don't know if he can be nominated, but if he's nominated and win for whatever role he plays, he can't go. So what is that doing to the, to the film and the producers of you know, whoever is making that film? Well, chances are he won't be nominated just because they won't want to get into any sort of, you know, kerfuffle about anything. But he's moved into producing things now. I mean, he's been producing a lot. So I don't think he has to worry necessarily about not getting gigs because he can produce his own. I don't think that him producing something is going to prevent someone in one of his films from getting nominated. So, you know, this is really just for face. The industry cannot have people thinking that it is okay to go up on stage and smack, a, you know, a comedian for saying a joke that is off color and that is further disenfranchising someone who's sick, already disenfranchised and marginalized. Even though we want them to stop, they cannot allow this to go on and give that message. Well, but again, to your point or question, would the other, you know, uh, other award shows, if you will, exclude him from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't personally, I don't think that that's fair. I don't think that that would be fair to do. But again, we will have to see. But my opinion is that. 
Cool. Uh, he should be held accountable for that. Hey, Scott, thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, George, and, and we have Eric Dorsey. Clearly, him and Sean are, are fans of Art Fields. They have said that they love you, Art, okay? So he's backstage, <laughs> gentlemen. He's coming out, uh, Eric uh, and Sean. Thank you both for joining the show tonight. <laughs> uh, and if I can say, uh, there are a lot of people who listen to our show live on Facebook, Twitter, and on um YouTube, but we also have an audience that is growing mm -hmm. in our podcast. Yes. And someone yes. reached out to me to tell me that they listen every single week. So I just want to give a little shout out to Nanette Falk, who is probably in her garden right now on Saturday when our podcast <laughs> is posted out in Portland, listening to this podcast. So Nanette, may your plants grow healthy. May they produce lots and lots of fruit this season. And we love you for listening. And he said, he said, he said. Thank yes. you. Thank you, Annette. <laughs> hey, look, I also want to let our viewers know tonight, um, if while you're watching the show tonight, please go to our uh, he said, he said, he said live at Gmail page. And in the subject, type in I respect difference. And you would be added to a list of folks to win a book from uh, the, the book I respect difference. And it will be autographed by our author and we will mail it to you, but you have to go to our um, Gmail account. He said, he said, he said, live at gmail.com. And in the subject, put I respect difference and put your name in the body so we will know who you are in case like your email address is, I'm too sexy for you, but your name is really George Frank. So just, just, just make sure that, that you do that because we want to make sure that we get this book to you because I'm telling you all, it is absolutely one of the best conversation pieces I've seen in a while. So, um, Vasha, we ready? Oh, wait a minute. Derek Kimbrough. Hey, Derek from Chicago. Thank you for joining us tonight. And Bobby Edwards, you know, Facebook said that we were only 11 years as friends, but that's about four decades. You know, Facebook lies sometimes, but they don't know. They don't, they don't, know. <laughs> they don't know. But thank you all for joining us tonight. So are you are you ready for this conversation, Vosh? I am so ready to meet this author of this book and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, our special guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is a native New Yorker, and he's proud of it. Uh, he obtained his bachelor's of science degree at Bowie State, his master of social work degree from Howard University, HU, for those of you out there, I know you're out there. And in 2006, received a doctor's of philosophy degree from Capella University. He's a proud member of the Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated and the author, ladies and gentlemen, of I Respect Difference. Please welcome to the He Said, He Says stage tonight, Dr. Art Fields, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Art. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you both so much. Thank you, Bosch. Thank you, Alvin, for having me on your show. Well, absolute pleasure. Thank you. Um, you know, I've been trying, like I said, you next to the Kardashians, you're like one of the hardest <laughs> person to try to pin down. Okay, but you know, we did it. Field goal. We 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 did it, Bosch. Okay, we we yes, did indeed. it, and we have him here. Um, so you know, like we talked about backstage. Um, this book moved us, Art. I appreciate and that. So, but what it did also do was move us to all these questions. So we got questions, man. <laughs> 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 so 
So I'm going to kick off the show tonight. First of all, okay, again, thank you for being here. And for our viewers, tell us a little about I Respect Difference and the story world you've created. So I Respect Difference is an extremely intentional title. Um, I, I called it respect. I use the word respect versus I accept difference because ideally no one has to accept anything. And ideally none of us operate in this space where we just accept everything. But we, there is no right of anyone to decide that they will not respect somebody or something. And respect can look very different. You can operate in your respect and be extremely quiet about it, but you don't get to be disrespectful and make people feel bad. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the specifics because I feel like it's going to come out during the questioning. And that way we can save a little surprise for all of your listeners as we get to it. But ideally, one of the things that catapulted me to write the book was actually it's easy to be an advocate of something that makes you extremely comfortable. But when you have to step and jump over that fence and learn and be sensitive to others and other people's, I don't want to say the word struggle because it's not a struggle based on what I wrote the book about. It's actually their happy self. So when people are being their happy self, how dare you not respect them? How dare you not honor them? How dare you not ask questions? But I also will say those of us who are on the end of those situations or living a different experience have to be open to answering questions and not assuming everything someone asks you, they're trying to be funny or they're being shady or how dare they, they could actually be operating from a space where they really don't know. So when they ask us questions, we have to see it as an opportunity for an amazing conversation and not see it as how dare they ask me that because there's lots of things I don't know about. And if I'm not given the opportunity to ever ask a question, I won't. And then I'm going to make assumptions that are probably totally wrong. Right. OK, thank you. Very good point. You thank know, you. we are all on a journey and there are times when we are trying to keep up with ourselves. So to think that everyone else is right there with us where we are in the journey is is not fair to them or to us. And to be able to articulate who we are and what's going on, I think helps us as well as it creates an ally or at least someone else who is informed on what's going on. So, you know, groovy, groovy on that. So tell us a little bit about how this first came about. Like, did you just start out with a voice, a, a concept, a, so it's okay. funny. I actually was going to write a book with a good friend of mine, and she knows I love her dearly, but I have to tell the story. And I was saying who, how I wanted to do my character build up. And um, she's a psychologist and we were talking and chatting. And I'm just I'm a reveal it. I was telling her that I wanted to put a transgender woman in my book. And she was like, oh, that's interesting. She was very <laughs> academic about it. I can appreciate that difference. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? We're good friends. I'm going to write my own book because my calling was to add a transgender woman to the book because in my experience, and I spent 20 something years working for DC public schools. And sometimes we were often helping children as well as adults transition. And I got to know more and more about it because I wanted to learn. I endeavored to learn. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a member of the transgender community. I was like, I want to know more about this. And then just understanding for some people, it's a life or death situation. I was like, you know, I'm going to figure out a way to intertwine it into a children's book. And honestly, I wrote the book for adults, but it's a children's book. But knowing that most adults read what they let their children read, it was a good way to get to the adults. And in the book, as you know, I don't necessarily say she's trans because the title doesn't matter. She's a beautiful person. We're all beautiful people. And it's really just about accepting 
I mean, excuse me, respecting difference. So ideally, I never said the word trans, so no one could say, oh my God, he's teaching my kid. Da, 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 da. No, words never mentioned. As you know, I use the analogy of a butterfly and a caterpillar. She was a caterpillar that decided, she, that always knew she wanted to be a butterfly and decided to become a butterfly. And the reason why I specifically use the butterfly is because I've never heard anyone say a butterfly wasn't beautiful and I never heard anyone say a butterfly was male or female. I think we'd be... I would love somebody to show me the difference. Like if there's a difference, please point it out to me. So that was very intentional because this butterflies exist in this place of just beauty and wonderfulness and that we ought to look at them. And that's how I wanted people to feel when they thought about Mrs. Brookings. Well, you know, you, you went right into it because I was going to ask you, why did you decide to write this as a children's book to tell this story? I was getting ready to go in, but see, you know what? You're, you're just so art for me. Um, but I wanted to know, I want to know, what was your childhood like? And did you need a book like this when you were, when you were growing up? No, I didn't. Um, not at least I didn't know I did. Okay, <laughs> let's put it that way. I was extremely blessed. I grew up in a two-parent household. Both of my parents are professionals. My mom's a professional nurse. My dad was a pathologist. I went to Catholic all-boys school. Me and my sister still to this day, every time we answer the phone, we go, what's up, bestie? We're still really, really, really close friends. So I was extremely blessed to live, to grow up in an extremely loving African-American, I call it Black excellence type of household. It just truly mm -hmm. was a blessing. And Only what day, it is. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it was truly a blessing. I thank God for my mom and dad. They were like extremely pro-education. I will say, you know, as a child, I think my mom and dad were very open-minded, but I didn't really know what any of those things meant because I grew up in one of those households where, you know, kids don't really get into adult conversations like they do now. Like as soon right. as my parents friends yes. came in the house they we knew like robotically to run to our bedrooms and mind your business <laughs> exactly so, who's that and what you doing it was hi hi miss margaret whoosh hey right yes. to your bedroom right. so it was a different time and space you know and you know there was just certain things that parents did not share with kids like i didn't know what it was to have a bill my parents never discussed the electric bill with us you know whether it was getting paid or not i just assumed it was because the light stayed on but we weren't adults, you know, so they did not share that. And I think they also wanted to ensure all we had to worry about was school. My mother was big on that. She was like, that's your job. So in my expectations, you will get extremely good grades because she used to, she did used to say this now, me and your dad got to go to work and make sure y'all can, da -da 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 -da, you know, get sneakers or whatever. So you better go to school and get those good grades because that's the equivalent of doing good on your job. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the life I had growing up as a child. So are, how many siblings do you have? Just one sister. She's a nurse practitioner. Hey, bestie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Um, well, I hope she comments because that would be absolutely lovely. That would be amazing. Actually. She should yeah. be listening. You get on her, Bosh. <laughs> you know what? I, I didn't want to just jump all up on her, but I was given her opportunity to like to manifest. So Let's hopefully say, she's in here, but if not, I'm giving her the opportunity later life. on in the recast of the live stream. <laughs> I agree, so hello to us. <laughs> And Betsy, please tell your friends to email us for one of these books. You see what yeah. I'm saying back here? Yes. Okay, because this is a must-have in every home. Yeah. I'm not joking. Well, you yes. know what I've been suggesting, Alvin, to um, adults is buy it. it. You know, because we're all adults and of adult cognitive mm -hmm. learning experiences, we can read the book in about 10 minutes. 
Yes. But if you buy the book and I guess this is like a please buy the book type thing. <laughs> if you buy the book and have a group of your friends read it, I can guarantee it will be an amazing evening. You can have a wine and sip and read the book, wait and buy it for a group of friends. And you all read it. I'll pass it around the room if you want to buy one, because literally 10 adults could read the book in less than an hour. They could eat, and they could still be sipping their wine so that you'll have an amazing conversation at the end of the evening. You know, so that's been my um, I've been saying that to a lot of people. that This is a way to get to know the book. And then you could give it to your nephew or niece afterwards. Yeah, most definitely. Everything that you just said. And you know what? You don't have to beg people to buy your book. We're going to tell them to buy your book. We're going to give it away to them because uh, it's an it's an essential read, especially in this, in this time. Thank you so much. Yeah, right on, man. So you did say that the way that you came about writing the book, a friend of yours wanted to, to have a book with a trans character in it. You decided you're going to do your own thing. What specialized research did you have to do to feel ready? So I actually wrote the book um, based on what I believe I knew. Mm -hmm. And then I held a focus group with um, trans individuals to get their okay. feedback. Um, you know, there's a Vietnamese young man in the book too. So I actually spoke to someone and his name, Akian is actually like John in, um, Vietnamese, in the Vietnamese community. So I actually did focus groups to make sure I wasn't insulting anyone. And I read the book to a couple of people, even who are African-American, because I'm not the expert on all things African-American. And I wanted to make sure that nothing in it felt insulting. And of course, there's someone probably who could still pick out something, but I did have it read pre-read before it went on distribution by some trans women who were very comfortable with it in this final version there were a couple of things in the beginning it was like oh we like it better if you would change that and i was very open to changing i thank them so much for their feedback very interesting uh i'm gonna stop and say that monica has asked where the book is available and i am saying monica we are adding that information right now into the feed um, it's going to show up here on the screen, but it's in the feed. You can go to drartspeaks.com, get a little bit of information about Dr. Art. Mm -hmm. Stay with us because we're going to give you more than what is on that page because I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where you can go and, and get more information about what's happening with the book and how you can get it. Thank you, Monica. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Art. Go ahead, Bosh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, uh, your book touches on some of the hot topics of the day, as I said. And today, the newest topic is uh, Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson was, was you know, um, asked this question, what makes someone a woman? So for me, it's deep, the connection is about how you mentally feel. I think we have to stop thinking about what's below the waist. And that would be my simple question, the difference between um, but what you believe you are and or and not even how you present, because we can't decide what a woman should look like either or who a woman should date. Because you get people who think, oh, she's if this is a trans woman, then why would she date a woman? Because they're confusing then identity with sexuality. Mm -hmm. The biggest problem that most people are having with trans um, trans individuals is that they want to know what's below the waist. And it goes to basically, I respect difference can be converted to mind your business. And I'm just saying that just with all honesty. A lot mm -hmm. of times in this world, people just need to mind their business, let people live. If they're happy, you should want happiness for everybody. I can't imagine that you would sit around every night and try to figure out how someone should be unhappy. And ideally, if trans individuals, 
straight individuals, gay individuals, if it makes them happy and it's causing no harm to you or anyone you truly love, it goes to respect and difference and also minding your business. I, I, I love it. I love it. There I is. want to pass the plate. <laughs> I do. I, 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 right now, I just want to get up and walk around. And for everybody who's on the show, just drop. Just go ahead and, and no, you know what? Go to his website and drop it there. Okay. Go to drartspeaks.com and drop it right there because he just gave you a word, ladies and gentlemen. All right. By the I book. Mean, yeah, for real. I mean, I operate in this space where I can't imagine you don't want people to be happy. I mean, like, but I also am a, a mental health practitioner. I understand that generally people who don't want people to be on to be happy are not happy themselves. So that's why mental health and everybody should have a therapist. If I could say anything else on this show, I would say every single living, breathing individual should have a therapist. Your therapist, you should not look for a therapist when you believe you need a therapist. Mm -hmm. You should look for a therapist so you will never feel like you need a therapist because you will already know how to identify when you're going into crisis mode or something is affecting you. So because that's what therapists do well. So if I could say anything else leaving here, please everybody should get a therapist and i wish black people would norm around therapy is a good thing and we would openly be having conversations over brunch about oh that's what your therapist said well girl let me tell you what my therapist said that would be a dream world because we would have a healthier world yeah i agree, I agree. i'm still trying to have those conversations with people thank you art i really yeah. am and uh it sometimes pushes people away but i guess you got to be in that right place Somebody well, has to lead the pain in order to receive it. So thank you for that too. Well, we take mental wellness very, very seriously here on. I love it. On he said, he said, he said. I mean, we have a whole series on mental wellness, and if you haven't seen uh, any of the programs, and if some of the people who are tuned in for the first time have not, please go to either our YouTube channel or to our Facebook page, and please check out either some of the clips or the full episodes where we really go into aspects of mental health. Mm -hmm. um, since we're on this whole concept of kind of gender, we've been sort of talking about gender, I do want to go a little bit deeper. Um, I'm happy that you had a focus group where you had trans people come in, um, but there are certain terms that you use in your book that I really want us to go into okay, because we've been talking about gender as man and woman. Alvin asked you what a woman is, but in your book, you kind of use the terms male and female, which are really sex terms. Can we talk a little bit about that? You feel good about talking about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely comfortable with talking about that. Yes. Cool. Because, well, let's, let's go into that. So okay. You know, there is so ideally because of the grade level that it was written for. Yes. That's generally where they are cognitively. They still know boy means this girl means that. And I actually didn't write the book to try to figure that out for them. I feel like that's a conversation I would leave to a parent as I mind my business. Mm -hmm. But Miss Brookins, I'm going to use her for as the example, identifies as female. So I always called her female because that's the way she identified, even as she transitioned and told him on the first day of school that, you know, she felt like a caterpillar that wanted to be a butterfly. So I began to call her Mrs. Dartyville. There was one point in the book where um, 
you know, kids are slipping up. And I did that intentionally because that would happen. You know, if you're a little Johnny and you're used to Mr. Brooks in, in second grade, then he becomes your third grade teacher. It's a very honest mistake. And he did. And Miss Brookins was very kind and loving, which goes back to what I was saying earlier about we have to be open to mistakes and questions. And she said, oh, don't she, I'm paraphrasing, but she pretty much said, don't worry, don't worry about that. So in the book, because I'm not really working on sexual identity, same way I didn't call her transgender. I use what we atypically who atypically would be identified as male. And I got to give him the identification because I wrote the book. Right. So I gave him the male for who traditionally presented like boys and gave the mm -hmm. female to the people who traditionally presented like females with the exception of Miss Miss Brookers, who I gave female because that's how she identified. So I gave, I created the identifications and I hope I'm answering your question, Bosch. Well, you, you are, but it's like, these are such the big topics that are going on yes. right now, right? Mm -hmm. There are, there's a group on Facebook that for some reason is always in my feed because I'm really big on, you know, intersex and trans issues, right? right? Mm -hmm. And there are females that are extremely upset that there are people born male who transition or transcend gender and want to identify and identify as women. Yes. And most trans people that I know will say that they are a trans man or woman, but they are still male. Right. Right. Or they are female. So I just want to make sure that as we continue that conversation in the adult realm, mm -hmm. that we don't really conflate the two right. of sex and gender, mm -hmm. because as we have conversations with people and try to expand their consciousness around certain issues, there are certain hot points that right. are, and lines that are drawn and male and female are specific ones. Right. I think one of the things I found out too is, um, cause like you said, I have uh, quite a few friends that are trans and they generally say trans man or trans female. But I think that the, um, and I'm gonna put trans in parenthesis, it becomes a protector because of the cis community that potentially would want to do harm to them because mm -hmm. they feel like you didn't tell me your business. Mm -hmm. Ideally, in a perfect world, they would just say I'm male or female. Mm -hmm. They've had to add the precursor, especially for the fem females, excuse mm -hmm. me, because so many of them have been targeted and killed and been the victims of violence that I need to tell you right up, I'm a trans woman especially when we talk about passable, as they would say, and even trans women use that word, the very passable females, the Janet Mocks, the extremely passable ones, they have to still say it because some people, no matter what's below the waist, and we're not gonna get into that, they still feel a need to know how you originated. Not that it's any of their business, mm -hmm. but they feel a need to know. And when I was talking with some of the young ladies, because I mostly talk, talk, only talked to one trans man and mostly trans women, that was the reason because I asked them about that because I found it interesting, but it's a protective thing. So you can never say I fooled you of sort, you know, because right. that's the word. Unfortunately, people use, oh, you fooled me. No, they didn't fool you. You were they were attracted to her because she's very pretty. You were attracted to her because she either met your type or something. But to give them a way to not feel guilty among the homies, it's, oh, she tricked me. She didn't tell me she was trans. So I think. 
I would talk, I'm open to talking about as much, but I think it's even like y'all could have a whole nother show just on but, that. Well, it comes up a lot for us because mm -hmm. I mean, we really try to be clear about the differences between mm -hmm. male and female. Yes. And man and woman. And mm -hmm. a couple of times in your in, in what you were saying, you were using male and female with trans men and women. Mm -hmm. And from what I know, most trans people do not, a trans woman would not say that she was a female. Mm -hmm. She would say that she's a woman. Right. So you very different female and woman. Male and female are sex terms. Right. And are very right. specific. It's a lot to go from a male to a female. It's yes, very right. different to go from a male to a woman. I agree. Absolutely. So I, that's why, you know, we really at least try to make mm -hmm. it really clear in terms of the make terminology sure. to mm -hmm. make sure that people understand where we are. Because I appreciate we, that clarification. Yeah. I honestly Thank you. Yeah. never get that intimate with it to think mm -hmm. that way. And I appreciate that clarification because for me, I just group, have always grouped female woman together because I've never made a distinction of um, female being like a sexual identity. So I appreciate that for me. I I do have trans female friends that say they're female. She's like, I'm female. Yeah. They consider themselves female. Yeah. That's very so, interesting. Yeah. And because it could be because they've had sex assignment surgery, you know? which is, which, which is, is the so that then yes. makes a point. Exactly. Yes. So yes. All well, the, most of the females I know have had, you know, um, sexual assignment surgery. So that which is the distinction, why, which would make sense to your definition. Right. And well, it, it does. It, it does make that distinction. And even still within that, there's still, you know, shades of that. Right. Someone born biologically female is going to menstruate, whereas right. someone who is transitioned to female will not. And someone who is just basically a trans woman may still have things that were with them from birth. Right. So there are so many different levels to all of it. And I agree with your comment at the very beginning of the show, which is like, look, let's just get to a place where we can just see everybody, let everybody be where they were, because there was a time in history where that was the case. I agree. Well, I, I appreciate I appreciate that part of the discussion because oh, Wash and I talked about that. And so no, this is a good education, you know, for everyone. Particularly, particularly myself. So thank you, Art. Thank you, Vosh. Um, but we can definitely have a whole nother show and a panel. And I'm going to give you an invitation right now, Art. Um, definitely would yeah. love to have you come back as yeah. well. Um, I'm, I have a question about what's going on right now. Um, the don't say gay bill. How does I respect difference uh, fit into what's going on in Florida with, with that particular bill? Um, without insulting many of my very favorite people from Florida, <laughs> let me, I just think, I just think it's really hard to give any credence to anything that comes out of Florida. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm not, how do you monitor that? You don't put things in place that you can't even monitor. So what are you right. going to do? Run around with the, the new gay police. And I mean, it's just the most foolish thing. I just feel like the more energy we give it, we, um, we like, pound the gavel on insanity for them you know i'm just like certain things i just don't have the bandwidth to let occupy space in my in my head at all i'm like and something as foolish as that i just i really have no opinion and definitely have not thought about the connection between that and the world i'm hoping that will come out of 
reading a book like I Respect Difference. I've had grandmothers buy seven copies because she's like, oh, I don't really know about da, 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 and talking to her in Nordstrom's and had a book signing there and she bought them for all her grandbabies. So that's the world I'd rather think about versus some foolishness coming out of Florida about don't say the word gay because the word gay means happy. So what if you'd be like, I'm feeling extremely gay today. What, how does that play out? It's just the most foolish thing I've heard in a long time. Well, let me ask you what, what age group is your book written for? So it's written for elementary. It's written from like first grade all the way up to about sixth grade. Cause it's really more about cognitively where you are when it comes to reading and less mm -hmm. about age. There are adults, there are adult learners who still read on an elementary school level. But if you were to do a typical child who's on grade level, it'd be like first grade to maybe fifth or sixth grade, somewhere in that range. Because, you know, the <laughs> Don't Say Gay Bill, HB 1557, is about exposing children to material um, who are, what, zero through five years old <laughs> that are not quite ready apparently to be able to process this information and you know your book potentially falls yes. within that kind right of audience there. right exactly where they're like this Boom. is the book that we're okay. saying yeah. we right there. in our school yes. and here it is beautifully doing what you know look at it right alvin alvin has a picture of it it's like it's just beautifully saying and doing what it is that that bill is saying that they don't want to do. So your, your timing is absolutely brilliant. I'm surprised right. that um, Senator uh, Cruz, Cruz or oh. someone didn't like show it up during the, you know, Ketanji Brown Jackson. I would have saved him for that. <laughs> okay, because you would have a book. There would not be any books back there because he has more books, okay? Ted Cruz is a bookseller, okay? I'm yeah. to thank him for, but I might have actually said to him a thank you note for that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> So being that this is a children's book, uh, Art, what advice would you give parents before sharing this book with their children? I mean, my advice is extremely simple. And this goes for any book. It has nothing to do with my book. A parent should not be letting their child read much that they don't read, especially at that level. Mm -hmm. My parents literally read everything we read, even up to high school. Um, mm -hmm. My high school had a requirement that every summer we had to read three books were never fun, like Serenone de Bergiac, da -da 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 -da, those type of books. And my parents read them right with us. Because one is how you make sure your kid is actually reading them. Like we yes, could have bought Cliff Notes. It's not always about inspection of what's happening in the book. It's about also a conversation and telling your child that you value education. And if you have to read this, I can go back and read it with you and make this a family experience. So I would say to them, regardless of the book, read it first, you know, because make sure it matches your family values. Make sure that you can actually hold a conversation. Make sure that your child actually read the book. So there's value in actually reading them and turning off the TV and turning off your phone and doing reading child reading time with your child. Ideally, what I consider a romantic date is I would read a chapter to somebody and they would read a chapter to me and we just lay there and read. Maybe you. Be a nerd. <laughs> you can even okay. You can even come back on the dating show, okay? Because yes, you, 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 you. Okay, uh, let, let, let me say hello, hello. cleanup. Let, let me say hello to some Monica. Hello, Sean. I we said hello to Eric. Uh, Anthony Clark is on here. I don't think we've uh, acknowledged you today, Anthony. Thank you for joining the show. And Anthony had a question that we will hopefully try to get to as well. What are the three top takeaways you want the readers to? to take from this book, we just might, well, 
Thank you, Anthony. We, we, have, we have that question in, in queue. So thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking to that question before uh, Vosh asked you another question and how, you know, I said about how, uh, what advice would you give parents? One of the things in your book that I love, you have blank pages in the back. And I thought when I thought about that question, I was like, I want to know why did you put those blank pages in the back of the book? And you actually just answered your own question. The pages are there for notes so that people can take notes. So if I'm reading it, like use the example that I gave about if a group of adults want to read it, they can write notes like this is what I got to make sure I say when we get to this conversation. <laughs> or an example of a child, the child could write notes and then go, mommy, explain to me about the caterpillar and the butterfly. That's different. You know, did it? So it's an opportunity to take notes and have a conversation. So those are note pages. Ideally, in all transparency, they should have had lines on them because some people just think they're there, but they were very intentional so that it could become more of a study resource book for kids and adults that they could go back and ask questions. Brilliant move. Right on. Brilliant move. Right on. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. So how does your faith and ethical outlook inform your writing? So my faith is very spiritual. I definitely believe in a higher being. And this is funny. I actually wanted to become a pastor when I, grew, when I was growing up. Because, you know, as black folks, like the, the pastor is everything. You know what I'm saying? And my uncle was my pastor in my church. And he went to Morehouse. Shout out to JT, my good friend, JT, um, <laughs> alumni, um, Morehouse alumni. And um, I was just like, wow, this is great. You know, even better than being a doctor, be the pastor and you get to welcome the people to the church and, you know, all that, all the pomp and circumstance that comes with going to a Baptist church. And so I wanted to be a pastor and everything. But as I got older, I felt that religion, as I'm going to use it, and I'm only using that, in, it's like intertwined with faith, felt too judgmental, restricting, started reading about the slaves and how the overseers use religion to control them. And I, and as I went through my journey, I realized I'm a spiritual person, which goes back to my leading from a place of love, mm -hmm. definitely believing in a higher being as an extremely blessed African-American man. So all of that, but everything for me is spiritual. I like I still like the pomp and circumstance of church. Now, ain't nothing like the Baptist church, you know, when folks falling out and the choir singing and all that comes with that. But I also like going to the synagogue. I also like going to the mosque. I like religious activities. I like the ceremony of it all. I love the Catholic church and, you know, and the frankincense. So that I love, but I can take that in now from a spiritual level and not feel like I have to be of a religion to actually be part of it. So if someone were to invite me tomorrow to a bar mitzvah or something, I'm going, you know, tell me what's the appropriate attire mm -hmm. that you adorn for that specific religion. And I'm going to respect it because I do believe in respecting people's worship. But for me, if you ask me, I'm going to say I'm very spiritual. So for me to write the book is just a manifestation of my spirituality, which operates from a place of love and a place of respect for everything and everybody. So it's it was it was very natural for me. Like I wrote the book in like three weeks because it just hit me and I just started writing. And we were also going through COVID when I wrote it. I, we were all okay. under restriction. Okay. So it was a time when I could like be at peace and really think about it and do the character build out and everything. And um, that's where I am. Well, I hope this doesn't catch you off the cuff too much, but um, I would like for you to read an excerpt from the book. 
can, no can, can, can you do that for us tonight, ladies and gentlemen? Okay, he said he wanted to be a pastor. Y'all hear that voice? Okay, it's, it's almost yeah. like, like <laughs> EF Hutton. Well, okay. <laughs> this is broken. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Okay. So the buildup is it's the first day of school. And you know how back in the day they would ask you what you did all summer and you'd have to do an introduction. So to welcome them to class and help them get to know each other, Mrs. Brookins asked each student to introduce themselves by saying their full name and giving a fun fact about themselves. Mrs. Brookins went first to help the class understand their assignment. Hi, everyone. My name is Mrs. Brookins. Some of you may remember me from last year when I taught second grade. It may be a little confusing that I'm wearing a dress and makeup this year, so please let me explain. You know how caterpillars turn into butterflies, Ms. Brookings said? Well, when I was Mr. Brookings, I felt more like a butterfly than a caterpillar, so I decided to change. And ladies and gentlemen, that's actually my favorite um, passage from the book that I read. Meet Mrs. Brookings, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And again, go to drartspeaks.com and get it and learn more about Ms. Mrs. Brookings. Thank you, Arthur, for doing that. Really appreciate welcome, it. Thank welcome. You. Thank you guys for having Thank me. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, no, we, 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 we got a couple of more questions for you. you you're, not, you're not going nowhere. And plus, ladies and gentlemen, we, this whole show tonight, which we rarely do, but this whole show tonight is all about art. And so he's going to join us in the second segment of the show we got something that um, that that a little game that we want to play with him. And also, before we get to the other questions, please go to he said he said he said live at gmail.com. And in the subject uh, space, put I respect difference. If you would like to receive an autographed copy of Art's book, we have two that we're giving away, and we hope that you're a lucky winner. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bosh. No, I. You showed uh, the book and your illustrator. Uh, Taisha Bradley? Taisha Bradley, yes. How did you connect up with her? Actually, Instagram. I was looking for um, illustrators and, you know, interviewed a couple of people and we just meshed extremely well. And I said to whoever contributed to my book, I would give them a page. I'd give them a respect. It's a village. Like JT, the one who I shouted out from Morehouse, he took the picture on the back of my book. So he's mentioned. Um, and I mentioned her and did a little biographical about her in the book because I'm about expanding the village. And I outrightly, if they were to make millions off of it, that's what I would want for them. So I was like, I'll give you all your credit. I greatly appreciate it. Right on. Right so, Art, right, what is the um, impact that you hope our respect difference will have on the world? I hope I respect difference will ultimately create a conversation where we won't have to have these conversations where it's just become so normal that like this is not exciting. Like, why are you talking about arts book? Because these are beautiful, loving people. So who are you talking about? That's so 2020, you know, I'm saying 2021. So ideally, that's what I would hope that this becomes blase, blase. Folks, I hope I make the New York Times bestsellers list. But ideally, all jokes aside, I really just want this not to be a conversation at some point. You know, right? Gotcha, right. gotcha. I see that a couple of people have asked a question. Also, uh, Rose, I don't know if, if we can get to this, but Rose said, "Are there suggested discussion questions?" 
Uh, there are, but um, actually let Rose know that if she, oh, she could hear me. Hey, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> we'll translate. If Rose, I'll give my email at the end because that's the best way to get in touch with me. If Rose hits me up and she decides to want, she wants to do some type of reading, I'll pop in and say hello to everybody and ask the questions. <laughs> okay. Thank yeah. you. And and I did see a question from Anthony. And if I guess if if unless Bosch have any questions, um, or any did you want to ask him any more questions? Because I was I, this question by Anthony, I kind of want to know too. <laughs> well, you can ask that because I do. Uh, Eric had just asked the same question that we were going to ask to sort of wrap up. What okay. is next for you? Uh, so actually. Um, most of us are old enough to remember when books were series, like we would look forward to reading out Archie or this. So this is actually a series. The next book is called um, Raheem, the, Hakeem, excuse me, Hakeem the Dancer, and it's based on Hakeem. Okay. And it's also based on a really good friend of mine who dances with Ailey and all of that it goes, you go through to actually be an African-American little boy that loves dancing. Okay. And I mean, of course, now he 10 years into Ailey, he's amazing, but it wasn't always so easy being this little black boy. So Hakeem is a character build on him with his permission. And there's a whole book. It's already written, actually, called Hakeem the Dancer. Wow. Also a children's book? Yes. Yes, a children's book. So each character will get their own build out. Like you'll right. hear more about Elizabeth and the basketball and Javier right. and the king. And so it becomes their book with Miss Brookins still continuing to grow and interweave herself throughout right. the class. Yes. Right. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. So Anthony Clark says, what are the three top takeaways you want your readers to have after reading your book? That difference is great. It's good to be different. It's boring to be the same. Um, love wins. It sounds very cliche, but it's just so real. Love wins. And woof, Anthony, Anthony's an attorney. He's a friend of mine. So he's going to say too. Oh, so, okay, okay. Um, I need a minute because <laughs> I want to be okay. That's what I really feel. I can't make up one. I can't think of one right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am going to um, put your email address up here, and um, I just want to make sure, and if I got it wrong, um, uh, just just tell me, but I, yeah. you know, it's, it's a live show, and uh, sometimes you can't, like, speak and, you know, and do all the other it's things. It's I see it. It's absolutely correct. Thank it's, you Okay, there you go. Okay. Um uh yes, so we're going to put his um his email address there so that you all can get in touch with him. Art, thank you so much you. for being on this show and um sharing your work with us. Man. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I, I don't even know how to say it any bigger than this, but just just thank you. And anything that he said, he said, he said can do to help propel your book and your work. We are we are ready to do that. Oh, Derek from Chicago says, as an educator on the elementary level, it's exciting to see another book highlighting people of color. Glad to hear that there is more to come. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you for that, Derek. Well, we're not letting art go like 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 we said, because we've decided tonight that because of the Grammys and because you all don't know, but art is my fashionista. OK, OK. I give him like high props. OK, I very rarely give people these kind of props, but he get them. But we're going to um, talk about the looks at the 2022 Grammy Award. So.
Vasya, if you ready? These, these are what we call in our best. Now, Art, you may not think so, but Ooh. we just pick some best. So, but, but Art, we want to hear what you have to say. So let's go okay. with it. Art, I have yeah. nothing to say about this one. So you said, this is the, you said this is the best? Well, yeah. The, yeah. This, the, the, well, the, the, I chose this one. I think okay. that this dress is so lovely. I love the ombre. I love the paillettes on it. I think that it is shimmery. I think this is saying award ceremony. I think she looks fantastic. Okay. This is Givenchy. Come on now. Okay. You ain't got anything to say about it? Um, I think that it's it's simple, but it gives me very um prom. Um, it's not giving me something that someone else could not own, you know. So when I think um okay. grannies and the amount of money that these people have, I just suspect yeah. a little bit more over a little bit more over the top, a little bit more couture. I mean, because I feel like it's very off the rack. It's not oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Anything that for me is like, wow, you know. So, and and my style is a little different. I, I okay, so fantastic. Let's go to the next one. I love this. This yeah. look is everything. Yeah, this Simple. is it. pink. Yeah. Killer. My color. Simple pink. My color. I, I totally approve. Trevor yeah, Noah. Too. Yes. Trevor killed it all night. He changed mm-hmm. blazers like three times at every time, and, and they fit. Cool. And they were all Gucci and like, it was just amazing. Yeah, he looked really good. They all fit. Yeah. Now I like this, but this to me was like, okay, this is just one of the jackets I have in my closet. <laughs> right on, but I think he looks fantastic. I thought he looked fantastic. <laughs> Megan the Stallion and Roberto Cavalli. I, I gave her a no across the board. I was oh so mad God. and angry with her, but that's it. That's all I'm gonna say. I love this. And this is a throwback to the dress that Aaliyah wore. Aaliyah also wore uh, Roberto Cavalli back in the day. And this is just sort of a different take. It was an animal print, very similar dress. And I thought that she looked absolutely stunning. And I love the homage to Aaliyah. So I actually like it because it's her style. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? One of the big things about... um, well, you either want to call it fashion, style, whatever. You have to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I felt like she was empowered because she felt extremely comfortable. And I definitely don't hate it. So I think that, um, and I like you, Vosh, I do appreciate it. I, I just read that recently that it was um, out of respect to Aaliyah. So you can't say, can't go wrong with that. Definitely. What you going to say about Aaliyah? Oh, I love I'm Aaliyah. Respectively, Aaliyah is everything. You know? I'm gonna give you all the best two out of three and be done with that because <laughs> that, that, was, right that, that 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 was not Aaliyah is mm. a winner always. Always, that, right? This I picked this one. I want to wear this jacket. No, what you don't see is that there's piping down the side that matches. I don't oh. think it fits Brandy very well, but. <laughs> I'm saying whoever made this, yeah, you make me one because I, I I can't. Uh, this is it's Johnny Cash on acid. It's okay. Yeah, I I love this jacket, and there were better pictures of it. Oh, okay. but again, I thought it was fantastic. I'll hold I, it I, I can say I love you, Vosh, and be done with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you see me in that jacket, you'll be like, "Dang, Vosh." No, I just I love you, Vosh. Okay, I'm sorry. Were you going to say something uh, about that look before? Uh, who picked who picked uh, this look? Which one? This little like this, this was Bosch. Like this is that. also me. I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. There were a few people rocking the silver shimmy cape yeah. thing, and I thought that hers was the best of all of them. I lined them all up, and I was like, mm, "Paris gets it." And I don't always yeah, like what Paris nice. wears. She looked good to me. I, I gave her a thumbs up. So good, good choice. Good mm-hmm. choice. And my favorite of the night for men. 
Mm. I thought Giveon, I you can only wear this once. Mm. Um, it's separate. You could wear them. I mean, it it's custom Chanel. Yeah. I, I thought it was an elevated version of the denim right. jacket and, and slacks. It, it's was. exactly the same cut. I mean, if it was in denim, you would just think that it was the Australian denim suit. He I bought sexy. It. He I bought sexy in cool. there, and it looked it it it. He looked comfortable to me. He owns. Yeah, he, he does that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very comfortable. Saint Vincent and Gucci. This was like one of my this. favorite Gucci gowns it. of the night. I like this. This looks like Lucy back in the day yeah. walking around the house. I love Lucy. I this love is Lucy. the that's why I didn't pick this one because it looked to me like something that Jaja Gabor wore on Green Acres right. with the furry mules. It yeah, it really it's does. classic it Hollywood <laughs> loungewear. It does. I agree with that. I love it, but it does Tabash thing. It looks just like all of those outfits they used to put on them back in the day. Um, Green Acres, Lucy walking around her house. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely agree. Y'all can call her Barnyard Betty all you want. She owns that dress. Okay? So you can go into the next one. Y'all can, can go all down. You can go to every farm in, in the business. Okay? Halsey. Halsey and Pre Prezi. Was it? How do you pronounce this? Preziat. Preziat? I would just say Halsey. Right. Housing, housing, and Preziat. Uh, yes. Now, this this to me is, is a designer creation to me. Okay. And I mean, if you're going to, I didn't like the back at all, so that's why I took the front. Oh. I'm gonna be honest with you. So she gets half. The back <laughs> looked a little cheap. I was just gonna ask you, Alvin, how do you pick half the outfit? <laughs> because because you know, I'm only looking at what I'm looking at. I only okay. saw. I didn't. I didn't take the camera around this one, so you all can get what you want. But how? Halsey, she owned the front of that dress. So okay. That's okay. So I've decided that I'm just gonna be quiet the rest. Oh no, no, no! You, you keep on going. We, we gotta speed this up because we got like four minutes before yes. we, before we have to go. So we, we have to give a yay or a nay hey, now. No way, y'all thought this was nice. This is horrible. I, uh, it was the Cinderella no dress. Yeah, she was like, uh, uh, the fairy godmother hit her again and came up with horrible. the blue one. I loved it. It was my choice because finally Carrie Underwood hit a no, so I gave it a best dress. So that, that was my. I accept diff. I respect different. Okay, I see. Okay. <laughs> I'm booking this. <laughs> Lady Gaga and Armani. I just fabulous. Loved Lady Gaga. So loved it. Yeah. Loved, loved it. Lady Gaga. Loved it. Gorgeous. Yes. Chrissy Teigen. Nope. I thought she gave ten thumbs up. Finally. Nope. Nah. I was you didn't like it. No. You didn't like it. That big no. ruffle up the front. Horrible. No. It looked like she should be standing in a roll of toilet paper. Oh, good. Chrissy, I'm glad you got John. Okay, yes. go ahead. Okay. Who picked this? Alvin. Oh, my God. I don't want to hear what you all have to say. <laughs> next. <laughs> next. <laughs> just, I don't want to hear what you got to say. Uh-uh. I, I, I actually picked this like for that. one of my worst, but then I, I decided not to talk about him. On this. I refuse to say anything. I need all of my blessings. <laughs> not saying anything. That's hilarious. I have seen people wear this at Trader Joe's on uh, Vine and Selma in Los Angeles. The reason I like this is because you can take a piece from everything he has on and make it work. If you can take a piece from something, from the shoes all the way. The type of money that these people have, they're not looking to wear it again. So judge it as an outfit that's appropriate for the Grammy Awards. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So I gave you You can't be sitting around shopping in their closet talking about, oh, I could wear this shirt if I go downtown next week. 
<laughs> We're sick of him looking like a robot. He did this at the Met Gala. It's corny now. At the Met Gala, we let him get away with it. He wore almost the same look in silver for the Met Gala. He's, sick of it. He's 21. Uh, yeah. Next. Yeah. Okay. He's 21. <laughs> this is my or favorite dress of the night, actually. I like that. It's simple. Simple, simple. lovely. Yeah, she looks like she should be on the horn of a car. He looks pretty. <laughs> I, I, but a nice oh, car. Okay, okay no. Nice car. Just keep this. <laughs> just, just keep, okay, right. the worst. We're going to go quickly through the worst. Okay. This is a lamp in a cheap motel or your great, great, great aunt's house Agreed. that you got to clean out. It's Agreed. Agreed. That's horrible. 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 Looks like horrible. a disease. Even horrible. worse. Horrible. Ruffles. Horrible. What was happening? No. Come on now. Horrible. Come on now. Like, you know, uh, what was that uh, Kanye video where they were wearing the big suits with the shoulder pads? That's what this looks like, except Horrible. the shoulder pads are gone. Horrible. Yep. Edit. Horrible. You know, she's going to have to come on the show and cuss us out because we always talk about her like these a dog. That year. you hate it, right? These yeah. are the These are the don'ts, right? That these we are the roast. don'ts. Okay. Yes. They have a lot of don'ts. Don'ts. Mm. See, y'all can't even say anything because nope. Laverne usually hits it out the park, but no. Galliano, not it. Not it. that's not it. That's not it. Her? No. Mm -mm. She, yeah, no. And then this one, she woke up. Y'all woke up and chose violence. And we just got to choose it for her, too, as well. I said no. I'm not talking about people. Ah, that was the last one. That I'm was not. the last one. Thank you for right. this. Thank you so much for joining us in this in our in our Grammy do's and don'ts on the red carpet. And ladies and gentlemen, um, we are going to wrap our show up next week on April fifteenth. We are we have on our show um, the uh, Good Morning America's February Author of the Month, Mr. Brendan Slocum, with his new book, The Violin Conspiracy. He will be here next week with us, ladies and gentlemen. And I'd like to close this week with this, this week, words of the week, the only true disability in the inability to, the only true disability is the inability to accept and respect differences. And that was by author Tanya Massey. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I want to once again thank our fantastic special guest, Dr. Art Fields, for being here tonight and talking with us. You are amazing. Thank and you. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. I, I, really, do. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are out and we will see you on our next episode of He Said. He Said. All right. He Said. That's it. We're out. Okay. <laughs> see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>